0: This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Hi, I'm Andy Bradshaw, and in this podcast series, I'll be having conversations about supporting coaches to deliver great coaching. Today on the Coach Developer Podcast, we welcome Dave Levine. Hi, Andy. If we could just start off with you sharing a little bit of your background so the listeners have a bit of context, that would be fantastic.
1: Well, Andy, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to kind of sharing some of my stories and views of Coach Developer World and the world that I work in. A little bit about me and my background is that I've worked in a number of different environments and sectors over many years, uh, largely all based on around people and organizational development initially working in the education world then worked in some big blue chip and corporate organizations and then followed my passion back into working in sport in developing coaching qualifications and then also working with a number of governing bodies so hopefully that gives you a bit of a sense of the variety of environments that i've worked in throughout my career
0: absolutely and and definitely the sport and non-sport context i think will be something that we'll revisit um, as we go through the conversation the theme of this podcast is around relationships so building relationships developing them and sustaining them so i suppose the first question would be very simply what how do you go about developing and sustaining a productive relationship
1: well what a big question um you know in terms of relationships i think my starting point would be throughout my career i think i'm really focused on relationships as being critical and integral part of the work that I do. I'm not sure you could put a greater emphasis on it because for me, my philosophy would be largely based on the fact that if you can connect with somebody and build a relationship, then you can go places. And so that that would be my starting point in thinking, actually, how do I connect, how do I relate, Uh, what's really important to me and to them. In terms of actually building the relationship, My starting place would be, uh, and it is in the work that I do as well, is is to kind of know myself, know myself as best that I can in terms of who are the people I connect with best, what's my kind of style, what's my preferred approach, uh, and therefore by understanding that I can work with what are my strengths or where do I really need to adapt my style. I'm really conscious, I think, in relationships as being an aspect whereby it's something that you need to flex with work with and work on so you know it's not one style fits all it's actually how do we connect and how do we come to a common place does that make sense
0: it does yeah and the word you mentioned a number of times and that I picked up was the word connection is there anything particularly that you do to build a connection or to create a connection what is it when you feel that there is that connection how do you sense that
1: for me connecting is is really about understanding the person that I'm working with uh, and really kind of getting to know them and getting to know them at a level whereby it's not just what they say and what they do, it's kind of a bit more under the skin, deeper than that, you know, trying to really understand what makes them tick because if by knowing that, then I've got uh, information at my kind of disposal to be able to offer back in return to really support and help them. So how I might go about that would be clearly by asking some questions really beginning to understand their world and i think a, a crucial part in understanding them would be not just to understand their working context but actually something wider than that so i'd be interested in in understanding you know maybe how they've got to do the work that they do now or how they've got to the environment or how they've got to be a, a coach developer or an athlete or whoever they are and um, so kind of understanding their story and in relation to that, it would probably also include understanding their wider context. So, you know, maybe what's going on in their wider world? You know, how many children might they have? What's their family? What are their interests? What really energizes them and, and inspires them? So I'm really conscious to try and understand not the coach developer, but actually understand the person or not the coach or not the athlete, but really understand who the person is because my philosophy would be strongly based on if you understand the person and help the person become a a better person and know themselves, then they'll become a a better practitioner in what they do. So I guess in summary, there is probably about asking questions. It's about really, really listening with intent, um, showing that I'm really present and interested in them as an individual.
0: I mean, my little summary back to you would be, you know, what I heard was the, the who being crucial, the awareness of their self within that and their context, and their, the environment they work in, and, and all of the, the bits that contribute to that who. And unless you piece those things together, you're probably working with a, an incomplete picture. Now, I do think those conversations are like piecing some of those bits of the jigsaw together. It will take longer with some individuals than it does with others. And it requires great skill on the part of the person who's having the conversation. Uh, I don't think these things are easy to do. It's interesting you say that because I used to believe that this is an easy uh,
1: and not such an important aspect of working in a kind of a helping relationship. But over time, I've come to, to really believe and realise the importance of this and the importance of me understanding and adapting my style to therefore be able to engage the person. And, and also what I've come to pick up on is recognising that we're all people and actually not titles or roles and therefore getting rid of the hierarchy that they may well be. Because one of the things that I've touched on earlier on is that I work across a number of different environments, and in working in some different environments, I'm often not the expert in the environment. I don't kind of understand it maybe, or I don't know how it works. So actually having that kind of trusting relationship where I I can connect with the person and not their role or their title or their rank is actually really crucial for me.
0: That is the constant, isn't it? If you start with the person, that's the the most accessible thing, even if you're not quite sure on some of the contextual bits, you can find those things out. But starting with the person, I think, is yeah. um, a, a crucial element. We've touched on some bits where you might have time to develop a relationship. I suppose there are times where we work in, in coach-developer world where... Possibly time is a bit more restricted. Have you got any experience of that? And what 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 might you have gone about in terms of trying to build a relationship quickly? Are there any uh, are there any shortcuts? Is there a way around that? What what have, you, what have you done that's worked?
1: You pick up on a really interesting point. I think I've given a lot of thought to kind of the speed and the pace I work, and that really does work for the individual. And I don't think there is any one size fits all. However, in the, in the kind of pressurised environment, time might be limited for a number of different reasons. Probably not answering your question directly as yet, but going back to the point of caring and really connecting with the people being crucial. I think without having that in place and that connection, then we can't move at pace and move quickly. So there is always a tension, I think, between actually put a sticking plaster over and try and make a difference really quickly or actually staying in it. Maybe not going as deep, but making something a bit more lasting. So there is, there is a tension there. Um, for me, a, a tip I would use or a, something that I, I use as a sort of a strategy is often trying to role model a little bit. So by building the trust with the individual being crucial, I would often maybe give a little bit away of myself and use myself and my story to illustrate the depth we might be able to talk at or how I work. Uh, and, and it's not about me showing what I've done or where I'm at. It's more about role modeling and modeling sort of the conversation and the framework. And for me, that works on a number of different levels. One, it gives an example, but it also shows that I'm not perfect. I'm vulnerable. I have areas to work on, you know, or I've had some difficulties and I've overcome them in different ways. So I use that to get some depth quite quickly. The other one I get would be going into a new relationship and wanting to move on quite quickly. People need to know that you, you get them. Or get their world and understand their context so by using kind of the listening and and the questioning of their environment but playing it back to them and showing some sort of empathy to their scenario their environment or the fact that i've actually seen or heard or experienced something that they are experiencing themselves as being pretty crucial so there's a number of different little ways of trying to connect and build that trust quite quickly but it is a real difficult one really because how fast you move might not be the speed and the pace of the individual and I need to work
0: out just picking up on you know so you mentioned trust and building trust a couple of times in that answer how much would you link in that creation of trust and the sort of feeling the mutual feeling of trust possibly just linking it to to a next question around being able to challenge effectively and move people on. Can you just explain how you would link uh, the establishment of good trusting relationship to be able to make a more effective relationships work in terms of challenge and progress?
1: I work on the back of that kind of philosophy that they don't care what I know until they know that I care. So in order to, to build a trusting relationship, I need to show that I care. And then having that opportunity to challenge is a little bit easier because then they'll be even more prepared to listen. So, building the groundwork and the the framework to be able to have that difficult conversation is absolutely crucial for me. Um, and I think it's also being aware of knowing when the kind of the comfort boundaries can be stretched somewhat. So I come from a kind of a positive uh, psychology approach, if, the, if you want to term it that. And I would often go and search and look for what's going well and build on that. So by celebrating successes and noticing what's going well, I think often allows me to open the door to be able to offer that feedback and to challenge a little bit more and probably quicker. So ironically, I think it might feel like it's a slower approach by going to areas that don't need challenging, but I think I can get there quicker and actually have a greater depth of impact. It's a a real sensitive balance here to go in and challenge too quickly. There's a, a, a real fear for me that, you might break the trust, you might break the relationship, and that actually you're not going to go anywhere. So it's a balance. Again, things that I would be picking up on would be I would often look for signals for them to be, to be challenged. I might ask the questions around, am I okay at this stage to offer you some feedback or to give you something that we might not have thought of? So I might couch it in language that might be uh, more palatable and more digestible.
0: Your point about language... You know, you've used a couple of times some key skills in having coach-developer conversations, being able to play things back to the person you're talking to, almost to summarize, to think very carefully about the language that you use, to present an opportunity for someone to respond. Is this an opportunity for some feedback Um, you know is this an opportunity for some challenge you're explaining there is almost the complexity of skills that coach developers need to be able to work through as they're having their conversations and not there is no one set number of steps that you work through Uh, it's it's that fluid sensing where the person you're working with is up to and reading those signals I suppose signals was was something that really stuck out to me is how do you pick up on those signals? What happens if you're not getting any signals? You know, how can you possibly try and generate some of that?
1: Yeah, whole body language aspect, uh, really understanding, getting to know the person in the first instance. Again, sorry to harp on back to that, but I think that's the, kind of the foundational part to all of this because then we can hopefully pick up those clues and signals a little bit better. Another aspect or a tip that I would go to is if, if I'm feeling that I'm not getting too many signals is to maybe even ask what's going on around this, what is happening if I'm feeling a bit sort of void of any information. So kind of using the, the content or using the relationship as, as the content for us to understand each other. So it's for me, part of my work as a coach developer is to help that individual better know themselves and know what they're transmitting and what they're giving out not necessarily always helping them help their coaches, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so I think it's by increasing their awareness of themselves, making them better understand the signals and what they do give out or not um, is actually really crucial learning and will really help a, a greater depth. So there is content there, even if there isn't, if that makes sense.
0: I think being able to be really aware, so I think you, you used the term present before, the the. Yeah. presence and the you know you use the phrase listening with intent as well being present uh, being really intentful in what you do and mindful of all of the things that are coming out in the conversation not just the content of the conversation those are the what might actually provide a route in or provide a whole avenue for a conversation that probably wasn't thought of at the start
1: yeah absolutely because I think for me it's about developing that person and uh, again You know, if we're looking at it quite holistically, I would go to try and look at a slightly deeper level rather than always the functional, technical aspects of the role that they do. Because I think if we can get under the skin a little bit and really get to understand how we work and how the relationships work, then when we come to the more practical stuff, which which is, is as important, but I just think there is a sequence for me, then the conversations are a bit easier, clearer, quicker, and then we can actually make better use of the technical aspects of the role, whether it be as a coach or a coach developer, or do I even dare say as a a leader or a manager in the other context that I work outside of the sport world.
0: Indeed. And picking up on the um, positivity angle that you mentioned earlier, we have focused so far on developing productive relationships and ones that are effective and are working. Can you just share your view on uh, or your opinion experience on what happens when those relationships start to go off track a little bit you know we've all been in situations where the person we're working with maybe is a little disengaged or is just going through what appears to be just a bit of a slump and the relationship just isn't working how do you go about noticing that and then trying to resolve it
1: Good question. Uh, I guess in a helping relationship or a relationship as a coach developer or even as a coach, understanding what the dynamic is and what's going on between you and the other individual is key. So picking up when you feel people are connected and on board and have got the energy is great, but also when it's not so great. And, you know, areas which come to mind where people might start showing it, areas of disconnect or disengagement might be not being on the ball, uh, not completing on tasks which we've either agreed Uh, not making contact. So I would see the energy levels are dropping, even the tone of their voice and the kind of messages that they leave are are good signals. Now, I guess as a coach developer or a helper, I I would often ask myself as a first port of call is, what is it I'm doing? How am I doing it? What role do I play in the relationship? Because I really do feel very strongly that this is a a two-way relationship. It's It's something that we're in together. And therefore, I have a part to play. So if, if I'm bringing some, something to the party that's helping us to disengage, then I need to take ownership of that. And then conversely, recognising that if I'm being quite true to myself and bringing the best of who I am to the party, then is there something going on in the other individual's world which I'm not, not seeing or picking up or maybe needing to help them address and find out? So there might not be something wrong in our relationship as a a helping relationship, but there might be something going on which is impacting on it. So how I would address that would probably kind of take ownership in my feelings as to what's going on. So I might go to an individual, an example of this, probably about three or four weeks ago, and I went to the individual and I said, look, this is how I'm experiencing what's going on. And actually, again, use the content of our relationship to try and support and help and find out. So I'm using myself as kind of a, as a temperature test or a mirror um, which ultimately would help them, and by using the, the the relationship as the content to help them work things out to make sense of what's going on, because ultimately, if we can work it out together, then that would ultimately help them in the roles that they do. The, the one thing which I'm I'm quite conscious of in the in the world that we work as coach developers is, though, individuals might not like to work with people that they don't like or don't trust or don't respect. And I think that's an interesting debate, really, because I think sometimes the people we can get the most from is where we have a, a gentle tension between the relationship. So we're actually has a tension to be able to help us progress and develop and improve, as opposed to it's not a friendship. It just needs to be a professional relationship that can actually help us learn and stretch those sort of comfort boundaries.
0: Yeah, just picking up on the professional relationship bit, is there anything from that almost the re-engaging conversation that you might have that you would frame in terms of contracting and re-contracting type discussion?
1: Again, Andy, really key point. As we're talking, it's becoming, it's cementing, should I say, the, the real importance of relationships in the world of coaching and coach-developing as being kind of fundamental across the board and and, you know where when things do get a little bit tricky because there's tension, that could be really great in terms of learning and stretching. But yes, you're also playing on the kind of the threshold of where the the relationship could break if if the trust and the the rapport is not strong enough. So I think in having those difficult conversations, again, how do we bring that kind of non-judgmental approach and recognize that this is we're in it hopefully together. To help the individual improve and better themselves or overcome the challenges or the opportunities they face, so I think recontracting and talking about our relationship and what the parameters and the boundaries are and possibly even revisiting the purpose of the relationship and the parameters by which we work I think is um, is something that we can't do enough actually just to make sure that we're actually got similar expectations and understanding of, of what we're doing
0: yeah it's that dynamic contracting process i think that's sometimes we do it at the start where we don't really yeah. revisit it yeah yeah during the relationship yeah. and that that could be something that is a real nice uh, tool for someone to go away with to say you know just keep checking in on the parameters the type of content the temperature of the relationship i like that description there
1: just while you're on that, Andy, I think one of the things that I often do when you've kind of brought it to, to the fore of my mind is occasionally through the relationship we might not go back and formally contract, but I, I often just check in, that, you know, how are we doing? You know, How are we doing here? Are we progressing on? Because it then gives me a, a sense. So it's just a very easy question, but are we working well together? How are we working together? Um, what can we do more of? What can we do less of? It's like a, a more gentler way of just checking in to see if, we do need to recontract or if we're on the right track and the tension and the relationship is strong Hmm. um, rather than just having to do it more formally it's just a different sort of level
0: absolutely one final thing to have a little explore of is you mentioned at the start in your intro about working inside of sport and outside of sport so different environments can you just explore a little bit or explain a little bit what types of things that those experiences bring into each other so experiences outside of sport into sport and vice versa
1: i think there's similarities and differences for me for the past 20 odd years i've worked in education and outside of the sport world with people and individuals and also as i said before worked in the context of sport and coaching i think the more i've done this i've come to recognize that there is lots and lots of similarities because we work with people. You know, there's something common there. And actually, the challenges that the individuals face are, yes, unique to the individual, but actually, there's many commonalities in terms of struggling with relationships, managing people around us, building confidence, building insight. So, there's lots of similarities. I think there's also some differences, which I think the two areas can actually really help one another. And so, what I try and do, I think, in building the relationships that I I do have is, I think it's by bringing some of those stories from the other context is really helpful because I think often some individuals can find it easier to recognize what goes on in another world. So I can share stories from the the business world in terms of leadership and management and how teams might work and, and some of the difficulties around managing performance and things around mindset and how we can actually explore those in a business context and share that story. So I think as I'm talking here, I think that the, the aspect of storytelling or sharing examples is absolutely crucial. What I would probably add is, journey goes the other way as well. So when I'm working in the sport world, I pick up stories and examples and share them in the education or the business context as well, because I think they are as valuable. That's the kind of sharing of stories. The other area that I would do to grow and cement our relationship is, is offer the opportunities for individuals to go and actually visit or actually immerse themselves in, in different environments, because I think sometimes that felt experience is actually really crucial. Um, so there's lots of similarities, some differences. What I enjoy and what I feel really passionate about, and hopefully you can you pick that up, is actually the variety and the difference also keeps keeps us alive. And what I've tried to help other individuals recognize for the work that I do is that I think looking in other ponds or other other environments or other sectors, um, I think we can find those small margins of difference or that innovation or that creativity. I think that the real challenge, however, is trying to translate it back into the context that we're working in.
0: Yeah, I think the coach developer uh, as a facilitator and a connector at times Enabling people to get access to contexts and environments that they might not have had access to previously. But then your point about then making sense of what that means. So it's not just a nice day out into a different environment, which was a brilliant trip. But actually, it's like, what are you taking from this that you can apply in your own world? You can understand that some bits of it might not fit, but some bits of it you can really, really work with. Yeah, that role of making sense of experiences, I think, is crucial.
1: Yeah, you've also made me really think there strongly, again, about the the role of a coach developer working in their own sport as opposed to one that works um, across a number of different sports. My background was working in football. I had a football coaching business for a number of years and have developed coaches in that environment. But probably for the last 10 years, I've worked across working in in cricket, in rugby league and in swimming, uh, working with the Premier League in football, in many different contexts. And I remember a story once where a certain cricket coach said to me, you know, Dave, what do you know about cricket? And I said, well, I don't know about cricket. I know a little bit about cricket, but I actually know a lot about how to help individuals improve as being a coach developer or a coach. So it's more about helping individuals learn, become aware and have the ability to help others. The context was kind of interesting there and i think for me and i may be being a little bit biased but i think that actually sometimes brings a real benefit because we don't get hooked on the technical aspects of the sport we get hooked more so on the the technical aspects of helping individuals improve their craft of coaching or coach developing
0: yeah and i think as as karen explained in the the previous podcast taking experiences from outside of your sport and bringing them back in and sharing them the other way similar to how you explained between sport and between business. I think the variety, the stories that you can share and the variety of different sense-making opportunities really helps coaches and helps who we're working with to make sense of their worlds and and maybe to help see where other situations may be in, in entirely different contexts have actually had the same types of things going on.
1: And, and and I think Andy, and just to cement that point, there's also um, often a lot of comfort in in sharing stories from within this context, but also others, because the number of times I've heard people feel comforted by the fact is, gosh, I, I'm not the only one that faces this challenge. You know, um, I'm not alone in this. Um, is actually quite a comforting aspect.
0: A crucial point. A nice one to end on, just in terms of us being um, coach developers helping development and helping people that moving them away from a possible sense of isolation at times i think is is really important so thank you very much dave for sharing some of your insight and experience it's been a pleasure talking to you
1: yeah. great and you know well thanks for having me on the podcast i've really enjoyed it and, and i hope some of the insights of how i do it and uh, by all means it's not the only way uh, will be helpful to some of the listeners
0: thank you dave You've been listening to episode three of the Coach Developer Conversations podcast. To check out the other episodes and for lots more great coaching content and ideas, go to ukcoaching.org forward slash resources webpage. Thank you for listening.
1: Join us at ukcoaching.org.
0: Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.